Let's open our Bibles, pick it up where we left off uh, two weeks ago. Uh, John chapter 18 and verse 28. John chapter 18 and verse 28. <clears throat> we talked about Jesus being on trial, and, and really there are two parts to the trial of Jesus. One, the the Jewish or the religious trial where the you know the chief priests and the and all the teachers of the law and all the elders they they put him on trial and really is it the question is you know is he the Christ is he the son of god and and it came out very clearly during that trial that yes indeed he is he's guilty of that now they try to charge him with blasphemy but blasphemy would only be true if he was not the Messiah if he was not the Son of God. But indeed he is, and he was then. And, and so, uh, you know, that trial brought those things out as clear as day. They didn't want to accept it, of course. We know that. Today, the, the second part of Jesus' trials is what many call the civil trial. And, and really the question is, in this trial, is he the king? Is he a king? Is he the king? And I, and I think what clearly comes out here, and I was, I've been thinking about this, is that he is not only a king, but he is the king. He is not only the king, but he is the king of kings, the highest king, the highest overall. Let's, let's pick it up there. First of all, this word king really means ruler, it means monarch, it means sovereign, it means royalty, it means majesty, and we need to understand that because that's what we're talking about in terms of Jesus being king. Is he king over me and over my life? Am I willing to submit myself to his majesty and his royalty and his, his rule in my life? You know, I think we, we know it from like before two years old, you're not the boss of me. That's where we start. But, but how, how's that working out for you, as they say? Not so good. And, and, and really what, what we're looking at today is, is he the boss? Is he the king? Is he my ruler and sovereign and royalty and majesty? We sing about it. We're going to sing about it again as well. Verse 28 says, Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas, the high priest, to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. This is, this is the, the, the praetorium, they call it. It's really the judgment hall where they went to bring Jesus to be judged. It's kind of hypocritical, really, isn't it? They, they wouldn't enter. They didn't want to get unclean. But yet, they were condemning an innocent man to death. But, but we don't want to get unclean, but we're going to go ahead and do this, even though there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that he has done. Uh, Jesus spoke to them uh, earlier when he said to them, you, you strain out a gnat yet swallow a camel. You're worried about the little gnat, but you're, you know, you're just swallowing a camel kind of thing. And that's what Jesus condemned their hypocrisy, and, they, and this is what we see continuing. Verse 29, 
So Pilate came out to them and he asked them, what charges are you bringing against this man? What has he done? Now they couldn't bring blasphemy because he didn't have anything to do. He's going to say it later. Am I a Jew? What's this? this doesn't mean anything to me. This is a civil trial. What has he done? And look at their answer. Verse 30. If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. What kind of answer is that? Basically, that's a non-answer. Basically, they're saying, you know what? He's a criminal. Take our word for it. Just kill him. Because that's what, what we have decided that he should be, what should happen to him. Just kill him. They had no case. They had no case whatsoever. So, so Pilate's response to their answer is verse 31. You take him. Take him yourselves. You judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened, John tells us, so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Pilate says, you know, you, you take him, you do it, you know, there's, you have no reason, you, you have a problem, you take care of it. But they said, no, we want to see him crucified. We want to see him killed. We have no right to do that. The truth is that they did not have the legal right to execute at that time. Rome said, no, you don't have that right unless we approve it. But yet they still, they still did it at times, right? Later in the book of Acts, did they not stone Stephen to death? So they, so they still did it at times. But in this particular case, John tells us this, this is all fulfilling prophecy in the Old Testament, but also Jesus had said words, you know, dealing with this, that it, that it would be the Gentiles, that it would be crucifixion. In fact, in Matthew 20, he said, he said to his disciples, he said, we're going to go up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. So he, he told them that this is what was going to happen. And sure enough, this is exactly what is happening. The Jews think they're in charge. Pilate thinks he's in charge. Everyone thinks they're in charge, but who's really in charge here? Verse 33, Pilate then went back inside the palace and he summoned Jesus and he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? This is a, a, a very clear question. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the one who is the leader, the prince, the sovereign, the majestic one? Are you the king? And this is the question, and, and I think it comes out clearly here, and I think it's something you and I, again, have to, to grapple with. Are you the king? Is he king? Is he, is he the king in my life? Now, Jesus answers kind of an interesting way in verse 34. He said, is that your own idea? Or did others talk to you about me? It's kind of like he's saying, you know, do you really want to know? Do you really want an answer? Is that something you're, you're wondering for yourself or is just, you know, something that, you know, other people are talking about? Do you really want to know if he's the king? People sometimes ask questions, don't they? They don't really want the answers. Pilate is really hard to figure out, by the way, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that because some of the statements that he makes and then, and then the actions that he takes, takes 
actions that he takes, takes, right? Where's Barbara when I need her? So he's kind of a hard guy to figure out, but, but <clears throat> does he really want to know the answer to this question? He'll ask these questions, and then sometimes you'll stay and listen, sometimes you'll just walk away. People do that sometimes, and sometimes you and I do that as well. We ask questions, and we even ask God questions, and we don't stick around to even hear the answer. We don't want the answer sometimes. Do you really want to know the answer to that question? Verse 35, Pilate says, am I a Jew? In other words, like this is not... This is not my deal here, Pilate replied. It was your people, your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? You know, what do I have to do with any of this, Pilate's saying? I'm I'm here to handle, if if there's some criminal action that you have done, that's what the deal is here. I'm not not here to, to, to worry about all that business. But when he asks the question, what is it you have done? Uh, You know, when when we step back and think about, well, what, what is it that Jesus has done? Even up to that point, what has Jesus done? Well, let's see. He never sinned. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He calmed storms. He walked on the water. He fed multitudes. He, you know, cast out demons. He raised the dead. He taught truth like no one had ever taught before. We've never heard anything like this, they said. And yet he's being put on the judgment seat here as a criminal for for all those things, for all the good stuff he's done. And he came to serve. He he didn't come to be served. And yet he was now uh, at the final stage where, where he would be giving his life as a ransom. He was going to the cross All of that said, Jesus answered him, and he said in verse 36, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. And if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews, but now my kingdom is from another place. In other words, I am a king, he's saying, and and, and he couldn't deny it. Are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? And he's saying, yes, I am a king, but he's saying my king is not like the kingdom that you're talking about. In other words, Pilate, you know, you don't have to really worry that I'm going to hear, I'm, I'm coming here to kind of overtake you and to have some kind of rebellion. But the truth of the matter is, he says, I am a king, but my kingdom's not of this world. It's not from this place. It's a kingdom that is from heaven. And that's why I said in the beginning here that, yes, he's a king, but he's not only a king. He's not only the king, but he is the king of kings. He says, my kingdom is not even from this world. It's so much, so much further above what you and I know. This is a kingdom from heaven. Verse 37, Pilate answers, you are a king then. You are a king then. Again, one of the answers, Pilate, he, he kind of gets it. You are a king then. You are, yes. And Jesus answered, you're right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this reason I came into the world to testify the, to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. He says, yes, you are right in saying I am a king. You're right in saying that. 
In fact, that's, that's why I came, is to, 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 to be the king here, to, to show the world who the king is, to reveal the truth. He was born a king, he was serving as a king, and, and, and that's what he is, is the king of truth. And he says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This is a big word, truth. In fact, I'm going to cover it next week because it's such a huge thing. And the scripture is so full about the subject of truth. We won't even be able to cover it, you know, the scratching of the surface of it next week. But, but, but Jesus is saying here that, that everyone on the side of truth, if you want to know the truth... Listen to him. That's what Jesus said. Pilate, Pilate answers him in, in verse 38, and he says this question that we've all heard. It, it, it's one of these questions that has been kind of immortalized and f- become famous. Well, what is truth? You know, I, just a, a little, you know, precursor from next week. This is, this is the question that we have to ask. And I think in our day and age, it's even amplified even more. What is truth? What is the truth? When, when truth is being, you know, twisted all around and, and truth, there is no actual truth. There's only relative truth. There's only what you think is truth. And Jesus is saying here that if you want to know the truth, listen to him. Pilate says, what is truth? What is true? What is true about who Jesus is is the real question. What is true about God? What is true about heaven? John says in chapter 1, he says that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You want to know the truth, you have to look to Jesus Christ. That's where the truth is. It came through him. Pilate says, notice he, he asked the question, And then it says, with this, he went out again to the Jews. So he didn't even stand around to hear the answer. But he said to the Jews, it it struck him uh, what Jesus was saying to him. and, And from what he was seeing in front of him, he said, I find no basis for a charge against him. I find no basis whatsoever. And this this statement by uh, Pontius Pilate is repeated over and over again. I can find no reason to put him to death. I can no, there, there's nothing, there's no charges here. There's nothing that stands. He is not a criminal in any way, shape, or form. No fault. There's no reason, logical reason. There's no legal reason. And that is the truth. Pilate says, what is truth? Well, this is the truth. The truth is there's no reason, there's no basis for a charge against Jesus Christ. And that was absolutely true. He was the sinless son of God, no matter what anybody said, what anybody did. He was perfect in every way, shape, or form. He never did anything wrong. There was no crime that he could ever be accused of that would stick. Verse 39, but Pilate goes on, he says, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover, which that's what time it was. Do you want me to release And look what he calls him, the king of the Jews. And they shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Barabbas was was a known criminal. He was, you know, he was absolutely, definitely guilty. 
of many, many crimes. And, and, but they said, give us Barabbas. We, we do not want Jesus. No, not him. What a statement that is. No, not him. And it's, it's still today, isn't it? Where people are saying, no, not him. I, I'll take so-and-so over here, but not Jesus. Not Jesus, the king, the true king. Not Jesus, the one that gives us the truth, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No, not him. And that, the same thing is happening today in our world. The guilty goes free, and Jesus takes his place. Jump ahead now into chapter 19, verse 2. The soldiers twisted, after Pilate had Jesus flogged, the soldiers, they twisted together together. Look at this, a crown of thorns, a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head, and they clothed him in a purple robe, and they went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him in the face. Now, it's obvious that a crown is something that royalty would put on, right? It's what a king would wear. And the, the purple robe, that's also a, a signal of royalty. The, the, those in charge in, in high places would wear purple as a color to, to show their royalty. Jesus had a crown. Jesus had a robe here. Now, of course, we know that they're doing this in mockery, but you know what? It's still the truth. And as we pointed out weeks ago, the, the crown of thorns, you know, and we, we look back in Genesis chapter 3 where the, the curse of sin would be that thorns and, and it would grow and, 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 and that we would have to work hard and, the, you know, the, the curse upon the earth. And Jesus took those thorns now upon himself. Verse 4 once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. And when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. Other virgins <clears throat> say at this, Behold the man. The word is look. Look at the man. Look at this one. He, he brings him out. He's got a crown. He's got... You know, he'd been flogged already. He's beaten up pretty bad already. He's got this robe. And, they, and Pilate says to them, look, behold the man. This word means to see with your eyes, to see with your mind, perceive, to know, discern. And, and, and again, these messages that, that keep come, coming out of this chapter and this, this, uh, this trial, supposed trial. Behold the man. Are you, have you looked at Jesus? Have you considered who he is? Have you considered what he's done? Have you considered this one that is called the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah? Their answer, verse 6, as soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me... I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jews insisted we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. Pilate's trying to pass it back off to them. 
They, they had no right to crucify, and they, and they would never do that anyways. Again, that's not the Jewish form of, of capital punishment. But they said he must die. Why? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. That kind of slips out now. Pilate really didn't care about that. that that's not something Pilate, Pilate would ever be concerned about. But, but it, it kind of just comes out, and now Pilate hears that. In verse 8, it says, when he heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate hears this, and he goes, "What? this is way deeper. This is way more than I signed on for here. Where do you come from? Who are you? But, you know, Jesus, it says he didn't answer him. And, and the truth is, is that he already had answered him. He said, my kingdom is, is not from this place. I'm not from here. He had already gave him the answer. Pilate, he says, says he's afraid, but he still says he's, says he's saying, verse, verse 10, he says, do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you had have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Now, it doesn't mean Pilate wasn't guilty. but It's just that Caiaphas, who had handed him over, Jesus over to Pilate, was guilty of a greater sin because he knew. But the truth is, Pilate really had, you know, in this situation, he had tried to set Jesus free in verse 12. He tried to set Jesus free, but, but the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. And anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. So Pilate's trying to do the right thing, sort of. He's afraid, he's asking all these questions, and stuff is just going on inside of his head, I'm sure. But in the end, who does he listen to? Does he listen to Jesus? Does he listen to God? Does he, or, or does he listen to the crowd? Does he listen to the chief priests and these people who, who were, were bent on seeing Jesus put to death? Jesus said to him, and again, we, we've been talking about all, you know, through this, this whole thing of Jesus being arrested, Jesus, you know, uh, being put on trial. Who holds the power here? Does Pilate hold the power or does God hold the power? That's, the, that's, that's always a question. We know that God is the one that holds the power. God is the king. Verse 13, when Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, Gabbatha. And it was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king. Same word used before, behold, look at your king. He said, behold the man. He said, behold your king. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate asked, shall I crucify your king? Pilate is you know, repeatedly now calling Jesus king. But their answer is, their, their answer speaks volumes. What did they say? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. We have no king 
but Caesar. This is total rejection of God, isn't it? There's no way that they look to Caesar as king. It's not even true what they said. They, they, didn't, they didn't think Caesar was king. We have no king but Caesar. We have no king but some man. You know, the Jewish faith taught that God was king. In fact, you, you look at what happened in the history of the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. They said, we want a king like the kings, like the other people have, right? We want a king like everybody else has. And God said, but I'm your king. But finally, God said to, to Samuel, okay, let them have a king if that's what they want. But they're going to see that, you know, that's not always going to work out so good. And then you look at the history of the kings of Israel and you go like, wow, most of them were evil. Finally, verse 16 Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. He handed him over to be crucified. Jump down to verse 20, or verse 19, excuse me. It's Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross, and it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Most, many of the Jews who read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And, and the sign was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. And the chief priests of the Jews, they protested to Pilate, don't write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written. What? I have written. Another one of those statements that that it has you know, gone on in time. What I have written, I have written. Isn't it interesting what Pilate puts on this, on this sign that was on the cross? Jesus of Nazareth, his name and his crime, the king of the Jews. Not that he claimed to be that, but that he was that. That's his crime for being the king of the Jews. In three languages, the languages of the time, that this was a universal thing. He, he wanted everybody to hear this, everybody to see this, to know this. So, looking for a moment at these statements and these questions that Pilate, Pontius Pilate said, the first one was, what is truth? He said other things, but these are the main ones that have kind of uh, stood up through time. The second, behold the man. Look at the man. The third, behold your king. The fourth, what I have written, I have written. And then found in Matthew 27, something else Pilate said. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? What shall I do with Jesus? This, this unbeliever who, he, he really, he... he you know, he didn't do the right thing, did he? He didn't have the courage to do the right thing. He turned Jesus over to be crucified. He knew that he was completely innocent. But some of these statements, they, they, they've just like gone on. But this last question, what shall we do with Jesus the King, the Christ? What Will we do? You know, have we, have we looked at him? As, do we really understand that he is the king? Revelation, it says twice that he's the king of kings. In 
Colossians chapter 1, for those who are born again believers, the, the scripture says this, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Where darkness, the enemy was our king, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. We've been brought out of one kingdom into another kingdom, you see. We have a, a new king now. We still have to make choices. Are we going to listen to him? Are we going to follow what he says? But we have a, we have a brand new kingdom that we're in. We're not in the old kingdom anymore. The, the, the kingdom of darkness doesn't have a, you know, rule over us. We've been rescued from that as, as we uh, were born again by the Spirit of God, as we surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. I... I wrote a song many years ago. I'm not going to sing it for you, but I want to put the words up on the screen. This is from 1977. Some of you were not even alive back then. How many of you were not alive back in 1977? Gosh. Okay. I wasn't either. But I wrote, I wrote the words of this song, and the song is called Be My King. And it goes like this. Dear God, I'm tired of running my own life. Besides that, I know I was just a believer for a short while. I know, besides that, I know, I know that it's not right. Dear God, I want you. I want you as king. I want the promises and the blessings that you bring. Lord, you made us. You have the right. I want to be in your kingdom, not, no, not mine. Jesus, I want to give you back the reins because your love, your love is all that remains. Be my king. Dear God, my life is yours. Jesus, Jesus, let your spirit rule in my heart. Dear God Almighty, you were king from the start. Though we chose our own way, we fell for Satan's lie. I'm so glad you want us back, Lord. Your love is the reason why. And this is my favorite verse. Righteousness, peace, life, and joy. You are my king, Jesus, and I am your boy. The future is yours, Lord. You hold it in your hands. I just want to serve you, Lord, the best that I can. Be my king. Dear God, my life is yours. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to the earth to be our king, to show us the love of God, the, the power of God, and the forgiveness of God that came through the cross. Father, we know, as Pilate knew, that Jesus was completely, totally innocent. Barabbas was guilty, and yet, yet who went to die? It was Jesus who went to die in our place. The king died for me. Dear God, our lives are yours. If we've been born again, we've been, we've been translated, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the son that you love, Father. May we live like it. May we serve a risen king. May we follow the king of kings obeying him, 
looking to him for all the answers of this life and looking forward to that place in heaven that you have prepared Jesus for us. The king is preparing a place right now for you, for me, for all those who have trusted in him and believed in him. You are the king, Jesus. You are my king, Jesus. Lord, help us to translate that into our lives, into reality, into the truth of our lives here in this world, in this crazy, crazy world. I pray too, Lord, for any that might be listening who you've never surrendered, you've never bowed the knee before Jesus Christ, the King. Well, now is a good day because now is the time to do it now. You can say, Jesus, I, I, I surrender, I bow. to who you are. And I, I, I pray for your forgiveness. I pray and I, I, I look to you for what you did on the cross for me. You took my place. You died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together, shall we, and sing that.